TheYeshiva.net Today's shir is dedicated by our dear friend, Rabbi Ram Brook, in loving memory of Dvorah Leah Yetel, Basra Bavram, his daughter, in tribute to her yardsite on the 24th day of Tammuz. May she be a good to better for her entire family and all of her loved ones and all the Jewish people and continue to be a source of blessing and inspiration or to hey, Nishmasa, her soul that was taken at a young age. Until the great moment of hey, Thank you very much, Rabbi Avraham. Should have only psurus tovus, tamid kol hayamim betovanirivah niglan a lot of nachas from the whole mishpacha with simcha v'tuvlevav. Amen. Today we're going to begin learning a sicha by the Lubavitcher Rebbe that's titled Matos Masay Menachem of. So Shir presented a sicha presented by the Lubavitcher Rebbe on Shabbos Parshas Matos Masay Tovshin Membez. That's summer 1982 during the Fabrengen of Shabbos Matos and Masay and a part of it also from Shabbos Emmer Tovshin Lamad Zion Parshas Emmer 1977 and it deals with an incredible theme that's connected to the three weeks, that's connected to the nine days, that's connected specifically to the month, Menachem of, the month of Chaydesh of, which we're going to usher in this week, this coming Shabbos. It's also, of course, connected to the parashiyas of Matos and Maseh. I chose it not just because of the relevance to the time, but as you will see, that the Lubavitcher Rebbe here opens up vistas to incredibly powerful and revolutionary insights into how the Torah views the relationship of mind, body, soul, exile, redemption, our relationship with God, what God gives us, and what we give back. It's very, very deep, extremely deep, and extremely powerful Sicha of the Rebbe. And let's begin the journey. It's a long Sicha, and it's as I said, it's extremely apropos for this time of the year, because that's what it deals with. But its messages are really universal and timeless. It's in Yiddish, the language in which he spoke and in which it was transcribed and edited by him, published in Lakutei Sichos, volume 23, Parshas Matos Mase. Be'ezer Hashem, I'll translate so everybody will be able to understand. Begins the Lubavitcher Rebbe. Aleph. When the Parshas Matos Mase and a Mechoboros, verin zegelent, B'Shabbos M'varchem HaChodesh Menachem Av, other than Ershchen Shabbos from Chodesh Menachem Av. The rule of thumb in the Jewish calendar is that when the two parshas, the two portions of Matas Maseh, 
are linked together, we read them both, which is, by the way, in most years, there's only two unique situations in the calendar where we read Matas and Masse separate, as he says in footnote one. But most years, Matas Masse are together. So they're always read either in the Shabbos that blesses Menachem of, the Shabbos preceding the month, the Shabbos in which we bless the new month, or in the first Shabbos of the month of Menachem of. For example, this year, Tavshin Payal, the 5781, Rish Chodesh Av is on Shabbos. So the first day of Av is on Shabbos, and that's the day when we're going to read Matas Masid in the first Shabbos of the month of Av. Valpiya it's known, this is a famous axiom that's stated by the great Shalah, Rabbeinu Yeshaya Horowitz, the 16th century and 17th century great sage and rabbi of Frankfurt, Prague, and Jerusalem, Rabbeinu Yeshaya Horowitz, known as the Shalah because of his work, Shnei Luchis Abris. So he writes, As Allah parshi satayr abna shaykhis adam zman, in velchen zeyver All the portions of the Torah are connected to the times when we read them. So for example, it's not just what the Shalah is saying is not just we read through the Torah throughout the year. We want to finish the Torah. So every Shabbos we do a parsha or two. We begin Simchas Torah, Shabbos Bereshis, and then we conclude Simchas Torah. It happens to be that on Hanukkah we'll read Parshas Miketz, right? And during the three weeks, or during Av, we'll read Parshas Matas Masse. But that's just, you know, part of the cycle. It's coincidental. He says that's not the case. The portions of the Torah are always connected to the time of the year in which we read them. The week, the month, the festival, the holiday, the events of the time. Is move on as the parshiyas matas masi haben ashayches nitner tzum kolos as man shabena mitzarim nor eicho beikets a chedesh menachemov. So from these words of the shalom, we can understand that the two portions matas and masi are connected not just to the general unit of the three weeks because they're read always during the three weeks. Matas masi is read during the bena mitzarim. Bena mitzarim means between the straits, which represents the twenty-one days from the 17th of Tammuz to the 9th of Av, but it's also connected, and perhaps primarily connected, to the month of Menachem Av within the three weeks. Because Matas Masse, when they're read together, is always read either in the first Shabbos of Av, or in the Shabbos that blesses the month of Av. And as he says in footnote 3, he quotes this Shalah, where the Shalah says about this, that, that the parshiyas matas masay dvarim are always connected to the bena mitzarim, and in footnote four he says that we have in this time of the year the yeshna. To take a look at footnote four in the bottom of the page, the yeshna. We have number one klolos asman the bena mitzarim. We have the unit of time called bena mitzarim. We call it the three weeks. That's generally vihi. Now this unit of time number two mischalakis lemei tamas vimei menachemov can be further subdivided into the days of Tammuz and the days of Av. The three weeks span from 17th of Tammuz all the way to the 9th of Av. So you have that subdivision, two months. Shehem, a further division, three. Mishalkim li'imate chilas Av, v'shavuah shechal b'tishabav. A further division is, in the days of Av itself, you have the days of the beginning of the month of Av, and you have shavuah shechal which means the week, 
in which Tisha B'Av falls out. Halachically, that has different categories. So within the month of Av itself, so we have different categories in Halacha. We have the unit called the three weeks. That spans Shivasa Batamas till Tisha B'Av. But then you have within, it, within that itself, you have the halachas that are related to the days of Tamas. And then when the Chodesh of begins, it's a new category. In of itself, number three, you have the beginning of of, the first few days, and then you have the week in which Tisha B'Av falls out, which has a unique stringency. The week in which Tisha B'Av falls out. Shahu, and then he goes number four, the last one, Mishalik, and this itself is divided, Avaloi Tamid, not always, depends on the year and depends on the calendar. Lemeha Shavua, to the days of the week, which means Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, then you have Erev Tisha B'Av, the day before Tisha B'Av, then you have Tisha B'Av, Tisha B'Av itself, then you have Tisha B'Av Shenitcha, Tisha B'Av that gets pushed off from Shabbos to Sunday, and then you have Mitzayi Tisha B'Av, the night and the day after Tisha B'Av, and Nafkem and Agam Lepoyal, and all of these units have consequences halachically, as explained in Shulchan Aruch, Erechayim, in these laws and in the commentaries on the Shulchan Aruch. So you have again the unit of the three weeks, which is divided number two in Tammuz and Av, which number three is divided at the beginning of Av and the week in which Tisha B'Av falls out, which then further, further in that week itself, you have the days of the week in which Tisha B'Av falls out, and then you'll have the day before Tisha B'Av, you'll have Tisha B'Av, you'll have Tisha B'Av if it's pushed off a day, it's pushed off because if it falls out on Shabbos, you don't fast, and you'll have Mitzayi Tisha B'Av. Now he says this already depends on the week. For example, this year Tisha B'Av is on a Sunday, so you don't have in the same week Erev Tisha B'Av and Tisha B'Av. It's a Tisha B'Av Nitcha. What's the Rebbe's point here with this? It's an interesting footnote. What's his point? His point is that when you say Matas Mase is connected to the time, you could say it's connected to the general time, the Bena Mitzarim. That's true, the three weeks. But within that unit of time, there's other subdivisions, further subdivisions. This was the precision in which the Rebbe would talk and communicate and write, that we're talking here about the connection, not just with the general unit, but also to the specifics of the month of Menachemov. This is his first introduction, that the Parshish, Matis, Masay are connected to the month of Av, Beis. The minute Yisrael was he is to unruf in the Mechadish, Mubarakas HaChadish, Menachemov. The custom of the Jewish people. And when you say minhig, a minhig Yisrael, it's Torahi. It has a definition of Torah. As he says in footnote 5, Yerushalmi, Psach, and Perik Dalet, Toysvis, Menachas, Davchaf, both state that a minhig that is entrenched by the Jewish people, an authentic minhig, is Torah, it's part of Torah. So the minhig by the Jewish people is that when we bless, bless the new month, Shabbos Mavarchim, when we bless the new month, we call this month Menachem Av. Right? You remember on Shabbos? Reish Chodesh Menachem Av. It has two words. And it's not just a custom, you know, it's an expression. It's relevant in law and halach, practically. The way you write the name of the month when you write a legal document, and a legal document has to be legal and therefore every word is relevant. You're talking about a get, 
you're talking about another star that has legal authority and the time, the month, the day is important. So he says, the halacha is, Eichvim and Shreib Menachem Av, Unachmer, Afilei Mat Geshribin Menachem Anstot Av, is their get kosher. Val Hadavim of Fursim, Viyadua, the Chaydish Av, Korele Chaydish Menachem. Unachmer, Yesh Noyagim Azid, Bixuvis, Unstadis, Shreib Menachachachilim Menachem Amakem Av. If somebody writes in a get, or in another very important document, the date Menachem Av, you don't say eh, there's a problem here. It's called of. No, it's completely fine. Furthermore, as the halachic authorities explain, even if you just write in the date Menachem, you don't write of. You write, say, Yud Gimel Menachem. Yud Gimel Menachem. The get would still be valid. Why? It's no month. The answer is because it's known by everybody that the month of of is called Menachem. So even if you just write Menachem, it's fine. As he brings in footnote from the Sefer, famous book, Get Pashat, in Ebenezer, the commentary Get Pashat, Pischei Tshuva, and the Aruch HaShulchan, Yerbichel Michal Epstein, the Rav of Navardi, the Aruch HaShulchan, one of the great literature poets from over the previous generation. So he writes, he brings in footnote six, that we don't have the minute to write just Menachem. We don't write just Menachem, but he says, if somebody wrote Menachem of, it's kosher, at least B'dayevet, because that's the Nusach in all of the communities, the way they bless the month, and that's how people write it in the letters, etc. The point is, whether it's this Menig or that Menig, the name is Menachem of, and therefore if somebody puts that in a get, even only the word Menachem, according to the Poiskim, it's kosher. Furthermore, as he brings from the get Pasha to number seven, some people have a minig that when it comes to a ksuva or other documents, they don't even write of. It's a minig that they write only menach. What's his point? His point is that this name, Menachem of, is a very Jewish name. That's the minig of how to bless the new month. We don't just call it of, we call it Menachem of. And some people even call it only Menachem. And certainly, if you write Menachem Av, it's a completely kosher get, because that's how Jews call it. What do the words Menachem Av mean? He's now going to analyze, and that's going to be the focus of this, one of the main focuses is, what does the word Menachem, we say it, Av means a father. What does Menachem mean? Menachem means he comforts. Right? Menachem, from the word Nechama. On Tisha B'Av, we have a special prayer, Nachem. We say, Hamakem Yenachem. Nachama means comfort, solace. We offer condolences. It says, we offer our Nachama. So what does Menachem Av mean? Literal, literal translation, it means, he comforts the father. Menachem Av. Okay. Is this what it means? That we comfort the Father? Or that the Father comforts us? It's possible to explain one of the meanings of Menachem Av, but here we need an introduction. Does it really even make sense to analyze the name of a Jewish month? We have 12 names. We have Nisan, Ir, Sivan, Tammuz, Av, Elul, Tishrei, Cheshvan, 
Kislev Tevis, and of course Shvat and other. Other could sometimes be one and two. But let's remember, Amru Razal, our sages tell us something fascinating. The names of the months came up with the Jewish people when they ascended from Babylonia. If you read the Chumash or the Nevi'im, you don't see the names of months, right? You won't find anywhere in Chumash, Moshe Rabbeinu telling the Jewish people, you left Mitzrayim in the month of Nisan. Or you receive the Torah in the month of Sivan. doesn't exist. Why? So this is what the Gemara tells us. It's Yerushalmi, Mesech Rosh Hashanah, Perik Aleph, Allah Chabez, and Medrash Rabbah, as he says in footnote 8, and Toysus brings it in Rosh Hashanah, that the names of the months that we are familiar with, Nisan, Iyer, Sivan, this is not something that the Jewish people originally possessed. The month of Nisan is called in Chumash, Chaydesh HaRisha. HaChaydesh Hazel Lechem, Reish Chadashim, Rishen Hu Lechem, It's called the first month. <laughs> what we call Nisan, didn't have the name Nisan, they called it the first month. When the Torah wants to speak about uh, the day of Rosh Hashanah, the day of Yom Kippur, what does it say? If you look in Parshas Emma, what does it say? It says, B'Chaydesh HaShvi, B'Echad L'Chaydesh the seventh month, on the first day of the month. Or the seventh month, the tenth day of the month. It's all numbers. Months had were defined by numbers. Just like the days of the week. Yeah, In Hebrew, we don't have Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. We have Yom Rishon B'Shabbos, Yom Sheni B'Shabbos, Yom Shlishi, like we say in the Shir Shalyam, Yom Revi, the famous Ramban about it. The same is true with the names of the month. They didn't have names. Every month had a number, and when you said the number, you knew which month it was. So when did we get these names? And that's why you'll see in Chumash, and in the early prophets, you don't see the names. The answer is, this is something the Jews brought back from Babylonia. They went down to Babylonia, present-day Iraq, and Iran in Golos, the first exile, when the first commonwealth was destroyed, the first Bishamidish was destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar, the emperor of Babylonia, the, the, the king, the monarch of Babylonia in the year 586 BCE, according to the secular calendar. In our calendar, the Churban Beis Amikdash is attributed, is, happens in the year 3338, 3338. Gimel Allah from Shin Lamed Ches, which is Shilach, 3338 since creation. That's when Nebuchadnezzar destroys the first Beis Amikdash and the Jewish people descend into a Babylonian exile that would last for at least seven decades and many would stay but 42,000 would come back. So when the Jewish people come up from Bavel, say the sages, they bring some gifts that they received while they were in exile. One of them is the names of the months. The names of the months comes from Babylonia. Now this is interesting. What does this mean? So the commentators explain the Evan Ezra, the Chizkuni in Parshas Boy, as he brings in footnote 10. As Allah Shmoisa Chadoshim Zaninitkin Lashonis Bloshin Kodesh, Naloshin Kazdim, Shemis Pars. The commentators say that all the names of the months are not names of the holy language of Hebrew. Nisan, Eir, Sivan, Tamas, they're not Jewish names. They're Babylonian names or Persian names. They come from the Jewish people's time in Kazdim. Kazdim is Babylonia. 
which later was uh, which was taken over a few decades later by the Persian, the Persian Empire, which is called Farsi, and it's the area of Iraq and Iran. So he says, the Mepharshim say that all the names, they're not Hebrew names. They're not names of Lashon Kodesh. They're names that come from Babylonia, their language, and we took them, we borrowed them, and we brought them back to Eretz Yisrael, and we inserted them and made them part of Jewish life and Jewish culture. Fascinating. Says the Rebbe of Baral Pizah. Yeah, it's very fascinating. Interesting, yeah, yeah. And he says in footnote 10, you could research this, you have the Avanezra and the Chizkuni and Parshas Boy, the Ramban and Rav Kasher. He has a safer called Torah Shlema. So in Parshas Boy, he has a, you, a long explanation on this. As it, it's, all, it's all in footnote 10, all the references. Yeah. These footnotes were, were, they may have not all been written, but many of them were written by the Rebbe but they were all heavily edited by him. He would often add and take away, even if they were prepared by others. He edited them very heavily. He added a lot of things. He took out things. Um, the Rebbe was very, very meticulous in, about footnotes. You'll see in all of the sikhs. sometimes the footnotes are much more than the text itself. <laughs> you see in this page how many footnotes there are. And this is Nachberachemim. Sometimes the footnotes could be, you know, extremely elaborate. The Rebbe was a very, very big proponent of giving sources for everything, and many sources, and getting the sources right, and knowing exactly what it says in the sources, and building on the sources. That's why everything has so many sources, and everything is stated where it comes from, and even the language. For example, he says here, So in footnote 9, he says, but you should know that in Medrash, the word biyodam is missing. In Yerushalmi, it says the word biyodam. So even one word, how it's written in Gemara, how it's written in Medrash, he takes note of. But this, this statement, even though Chazal say it, and the Mepharshim say that they obviously mean that they're not Jewish names, it raises questions. What are the questions? Something very strange. Chazal take these names very seriously because they take the names of the months and they explain it, they expound on the names, explaining the meaning of these names the way they are in Hebrew. Right? An example he brings in footnote 14. The Medrash tells us in Psikta Zutra Saboy, why is it called Nissen? Why is Nissen called Nissen? So the answer is because Nissen is a Babylonian name. <laughs> That's why it's called Nissen. <laughs> Ask the Babylonians. Ask the Babylonians why they named it Nissen. So the Medrash says, no, you know why it's called Nissen? Shaboy Nasu Nissen Li Yisrael. Nissen comes from the word Nase. Nase means a miracle. Like the Gemara says in Brachas, about if you see Nissen in a dream, right? Miracles happen. Nissen comes from the word Nase. Nase, miracles, wonders. It's the month in which miracles happened. I'm reading from the footnote 14. The Torah Shlema brings a Medrash explaining the names of all the months, as though they were Hebrew words. Iyer, Sivan, Tamos, Av, Elul. 
and then translates the word, what the word means in Hebrew, what this word in Hebrew means, and explains that's why this month was named that way. But one second, I don't understand. You just said that it's named that way because just it was just Babylonian names, and the Jews lived in Babylonia, so they picked up things from the culture. <laughs> they, they picked up stuff from the Babylonian culture. You're going to start doing the same thing in English? <laughs> things we picked up in American, Jews are here in America for a long time. There's um, things from American culture that get inserted into the Jewish world. That's just the way it is. Not the names of the months. I mean, we have, you know, <laughs> we have April and May and June and July. They're not considered Jewish names. But let's say they would become Jewish names. Let's say we wouldn't have Nissan E or say we have April, May, and June. And then you start telling me April with Gansad Rushes. It's a little strange. You know, in the Mepharshim, there's a whole discussion about different acronyms of the name Elul, right? Anila Dodi Vidoidili. It's a Babylonian name, for heaven's sake. Maybe we should take the name April or the name July. <laughs> J-U-L-I. Stop making Rosh Tevis in on July, right? What's July? Yuli. <laughs> Say Yuli is Yud, Vav, Lam. We have this whole thing with Elo. Ani ledaidi vedaidi li. Ishlere eyu matanas lavyonim. Aroin luchos v'shivre luchos. Ina liyadai v'samti lach. Ashira l'Hashem v'yomru le'mar. Beautiful acronyms for Elo. The Bach and the Vudraham and the Rizal and many commentators. It's a Babylonian name. Don't take it so seriously. And they do this with all the months, constantly. And he continues, And it's not like the Gemara, there's a, there's a sugya, famous sugya on Shabbos, in Zion, where he uses common terminology, folk, folk language, and shows the symbolic, the, the symbols what it means, like Desha's Derech Shum, a path there. It's clear in the Gemara that it's just homiletical. It's more charming and cute. In other words, explaining expressions and showing that they intimated ideas that they were used for. There was an expression, Desha, and he says, Desha was used as a path, Derech Shum. Desha is Derech Shum. The word Desha is a benit Kodesh. Nobody says that that word Desha was a Hebrew word. And the Gemara is explaining the meaning of what the word means in Hebrew. No, it's just like, a, a, it's called a remez. It's a homiletical intimation. <laughs> I remember once, once uh, in, uh, was once a sicha, was Shabbos Vayechi Tav Shem Shabbos Vayechi, 1987. So the Rebbe spoke, the Rebbe Lubavitcher Rebbe quoted his father-in-law. His father-in-law said that in our times, the Jewish people have finished their avoid. The soldiers are ready. The uniforms are ready. What's left is, without tzuputz and the knep, we have to polish the buttons. Right? It's the makabah patish. It's the end of the end. The soldiers are ready. The, the soldiers were trained thousands of years. The uniforms are ready. But you know, the last step is you got to polish the buttons. You got to polish the buttons. So he says, that's what we have to do. We have to polish the buttons. So the Rebbe said that the buttons can have on them some, he said in, in English, some dust. 
some dust. <coughs> so you got to get rid of the dust. <coughs> so when they prepared the sicha, when they prepared that particular talk, so I was a little involved then. So <laughs> even though it's usually not done, but since the Rebbe used an English word, so they put in that English word in 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 Yiddish, Dalad Aleph Samach Tes, dust. There's a little dust, even though you could have just wrote written Shtoib in in Yiddish, which is dust. But the Rebbe said dust, so they put in dust. So uh, he writes a footnote, and he says, if we want to employ humor, Alderech Hatzachas, we want to employ some humor. Dust is Da Sitra Achera. <laughs> Dust is dust sitra acher. You have to get rid of the sitra acher. So we understand this concept that sometimes you'll take an English word or you'll take an Aramaic word and you'll find it's not it's not just humor in the sense that it's it's a joke. I don't mean humor as a joke. It's just it's more it's more humor in the sense that nobody's saying it's the literal interpretation. It's a remez. So that's what the Gemara and Shabbos, Ayin Zayin and Ksuvus goes through different expressions that are not in Hebrew and just finds some intimation to a Hebrew meaning and that's why people use it. Or at least it's connected to the way people use it. But in the Rabbi Seinu Zechel in the Medrash that we quoted is Mashmas, this is Altstaich from the Mvart. Over there, when you read through those Medrashim, it seems like that it's not just a far-fetched hint. Nissen, we know, doesn't mean miracles. Nissen is a Babylonian name, Babylonian title for the month Nissen, for the first month of the year. Once we have it, let me give you a little cute hint. Nissen means a ness. When you read the Midrashim, it seems like they're saying, no, this is the reason it has the name. Nissen, Shaboy Nasa, Nissen Yisrael. This is the taich, this is the, the meaning of the word, which is, which is very strange. If it all comes from Babylonia, as the Mepharshim say, it's not Lashon Kaidish. If it's not Lashon Kaidish, it doesn't mean Nisan. It means something else, whatever it means in the Persian language or in the Babylonian language. It, it's a good question. In Hebrew, you say miracle nes. How you say a miracle in, uh, in Persian, I don't know. Is there any Farsi hit? Maybe you'll tell us. <laughs> you know Farsi? Oh, Footnote 16. B'toyra Shlema. There was Rev. Menachem Mendel Kasher. Yeah? Shlema Kasher. He had a father and he had a son. They created the beautiful, beautiful set. It's a, a brilliant set called Toira Shlema. I have it. There's a Haggadah called Toira Shlema. Yeah. What they did, what, what Rev. Kasher did in the Toira Shlema was something amazing. Is He compiles on every Pasuk all the Midrashim that are in that Pasuk from everywhere, not just Gemara, but all the Midrashim. And then he has footnotes where he explains them. And then in the back of the Svarim, he takes different complicated and interesting issues and he compiles everything there is about them. So there's a lot of very fascinating things in Tayyash that he goes through. This is one of them. One of his chapters, Parshas Boy. Um, he deals with this, the names of the month at, lay, at length. It's called in Parshas Boy Miluyim. It's like at the end of Boy, he has these these epilogues that he adds. So he calls it Tesvavshin Torah The Rebbe would bring it, would quote him very, very often. 
Somebody wants to know why the Gemara discusses the idea of of of, uh, of Desha, Derech Sham, and uh, what's what's the point of the point of it? The point of it is, it, it's a story. It's a story that the Gemara brings in Shabbos. We once spoke about the story that Rebzeira, one of the great Talmudic sages, was Rebzeira, and he met Reb Yehuda, and Reb Yehuda was standing at the entrance of his own father-in-law's house. And Reb Zayda saw that Reb Yehuda is b'dicha daite. He's in a very, very good mood. He's in a cheerful mood. And Reb Zayda realized that he can ask Reb Yehuda anything under the sun, and he would tell him the answer. So he asked him the famous question. Remember we once learned about it. Why do goats walk in front of, of the flock and the ewes, the sheep, follow the goats? That's usually the system. So Behuda told them, you remember, because in the creation of the world, first there was darkness, and then there was light. And goats are typically darker, so therefore they precede the ewes, which are typically white. Okay? This is Shabbos, Daf Ayin Zayin Amid Beis. It's an interesting thing. Shabbos 77b. It's an interesting thing that when he sees his Rebbe of Yehuda in such a cheerful mood, this is what he decides to ask. Obviously... Ah? Huh? No, 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 no. No. Let's let's do the questions when I pause, it'll just be easier. And then he goes through a bunch of other questions. Very, very interesting questions. He wants to know why the grasshopper's antenna is soft. That's what he wants to know. Why does a chicken's lower eyelid cover the upper one? These are the types of... I mean, you can look it up in, in, in Shabbos. But then he says, why is a door called Desha in Aramaic? That's the question. Why do we call a door Desha? So Rabbi Yehuda answers, because Desha, Dasha, is Derech Sham, Dalet Shin. Derech Sham. What does Derech Sham mean? It's the way through which you go in. That's the way. That's why a door is called a desha, because through the door you go into the house. That's the derech, you go into the house. Now, what does he mean here? He means that desha is a Hebrew word? No, in Aramaic they called a, they called a door dasha. So Rabbi Yehuda, in a cheerful way, says there's a hint. For us Jews, dasha is derech sham. He asks him also, why is a steer in Aramaic called darga? You know darga? By the way, darga became a very Jewish word. Madrega, darga. Right? Why is a steer called darga? So he says to him, darga is derech gag. It's the way to the roof. Derech gag. It's the way to the roof. Now that actually may be connected to Hebrew because we have in Shir Hashirim, yoinasi b'seser hamadrega. Then he goes through another word. Uh, what's the other word? He goes through the word uh, uh, spices. Spices are called maskulisa. Mas, maskulisa. <laughs> so he says, because masai tichleda. When will this be finished? Because spices are used sparingly, so they last a long time. So maskulisa is masai tichleda. When is it going to finish? In other words, we always have it because the spices would, would, would not get spoiled and they would remain for a long time. People don't use spices so often and not a lot of it. You don't want to ruin the food. Then he says, why is besa called besa? Why is a house called Besa? 
So he says, Boy v'isif. Basic, come and sit there. Come and I will sit in it. Okay, so bayis you have actually in Hebrew, right? Then he says, biksa. What's biksa? A small house is called a biksa in Aramaic. Why? Because bayaksa. Bayaksa means it's a narrow place. It's, it's a place in which you feel stress because it's narrow, it's small. Bayaksa. What, what do all these things mean? And then he goes through a bunch of stuff. It's a whole long list. Many of the words, Mamish, a very long list. He goes through probably another 10, uh, 10 names. You could, you could read it on your own. Shabbos, Ayin, Zion. What's the point in all of this? He's not saying that these are Hebrew words necessarily. Nobody's saying Dasha is a Hebrew word. He's just finding a hint. Dasha is Derech Sham. But in these Midrashim, it seems to be much more dramatic. It seems that they're actually explaining the meaning in Hebrew of these names. One can answer, and it seems like this is actually a simple answer, and the questions are removed. And the answer is, the Pirush Maimir Azal, Olu B'yadam Ibovel is Kipshutai, Benedveg in the Inyan von Shemes HaChadoshim Vesuloi. Das heißt, as the Keshef in the Mvart mit in Chodesh, as wird sein Shem is Neschadesh Vaolam Ibovel, aber nicht as the Vart is Meloshen Bovel. Perhaps when our sages said that the names of the month came up with the Jewish people from Babylonia, just translate the words. They're talking about the names of the months, not, the, not that, not, not nothing else. In other words, that these names become the names of the months, that's what they took from Babylonia. The connection of the word with the month. The fact that the first month of our year we call Nisan, that came from Bavel. But perhaps the words themselves are not from the language of Bavel. And that's why they can explain all these words as though they were Hebrew words. What they learned from Bavel was the Shemus HaChadoshim. Not that the names themselves, the words themselves are, Babel, are from the Babylonian language. No. Shemus HaChadoshim To associate these words and attribute them and connect them, align them, match them up with the first month, the second month, the third month, the fourth month. Tamas should be called Tamas, and Av should be called Av. The fifth month should be called Av, and the sixth month should be called Elul. That's what they got in Bavel. So the connection of the name of the title with the month, that it's, it's called Shemus, it becomes its name, that came from Bavel. It's the Shadash Valam Bavel. But the word itself, the word itself has serious significance in Lashon Kaidish, which we know is considered a holy language and every word is meticulous and therefore they're explaining the meaning of that word. Nisan comes from the word, Nisan comes from the word Nes. And the same is true with the other months. And that's why Elul, Elul can have many acronyms in Hebrew. Anil doidi vidoidi li. What about anil doidi? It's not a Hebrew word. You know it is. And therefore Elul could mean anil doidi vidoidi li in Lashon Kaidish. This would explain it. And he brings in 17 that Rashi has an expression, Before they came to Babylonia, these names were not revealed. It's an interesting expression. They weren't revealed. They weren't revealed. It means, in other words, it seems like that the names they had, it was just not connected to these months. 
This is one way of explaining it. Even if you're going to want to say that this is a far stretch, and at least some of the names are not Hebrew. You might, for example, say Tamuz, Elul, yeah, Kislev, Shvat. They're not Hebrew names. They're not Hebrew names. At least some of them, you might insist that, no, this is Babylonian language. He says, perhaps, maybe. First, the Rebbe suggests that, no, the names are Hebrew names. The names of the months they got from Babylonia. In other words, to connect these names with Babylon, but with, with, with this month that came from Babylon. Now he's saying, even if you want to say that that's not the case, at least some of them are really from Babylonian language. Certainly there is an exception, and that's of. Because of means a father, and that's a frequent name, of course, in the Tanakh in Hebrew, of his father. So of is obviously means a father. Furthermore, and this is the main thing, the fact is, any way you're going to spin this, that these became names that the Torah employs. The Torah employs these names. As he goes through in footnote 19, that already in Torah Shabbat in the later writings, you have the names of these months in Torah Shabbat And certainly in Torah Shabbat You have, for example, the name of, you have in Mishnayis and Tainis and Targum Sheni and Targum Yonis and Benuzil. In other words, these became names that were fully embraced by Taira. So he says, if that's the case, if that's the case, we understand any way you want to spin it, that you can also translate the names as though they were Hebrew words. So when you come to the name of, Menachem of, don't tell me of doesn't mean a father. Of has some meaning, go find out in Babylonia what it meant at the time. No. Certainly, even if you want to, again, there's different ways of interpreting this. There's different ways of interpreting it, but whatever you want to say, it makes a lot of sense. It's appropriate to say that of could be translated as a father. In other words, the way of is in Lashon Kaidish. Even if you want to say that the word they actually got from there, not just the name. Because it becomes a Torah name, it was completely introduced into Torah. Just to say here two interesting footnotes. In 16, he quotes Rav Kasher, who says that that's not the case. The Jewish people, the Chazal, tried to Judaize the names of the month. I'm learning uh, 16. Our sages tried liyahid. You know what liyahid means? To Judaize. <laughs> It's an interesting word, liyahid. They tried to make a Yehudi, to take the names of the month and make them Jewish, to put into them Jewish content. In other words, they knew that it wasn't Jewish. They knew that it was Babylonian. But they decided to manipulate it and make it Jewish. To a, You know, you adopt a child. They adopted these words. They're like, they made it part of the family. So they put in Jewish ideas into the name. Which is, of course, in contradiction to what we're saying. The Lubavitcher Rebbe says, it's hard to understand. Why 
Why would we say here that all the other midrashim of names of our sages are different? And here it's uniquely different because in the other midrashim, they're actually explaining the meaning of the name. And here you're going to say they're not explaining the meaning of the name. They know it's not the meaning of the name. They're just trying to impose a Jewish theme into this name, even though it's not the meaning of the name. He says that would make these medrashim in a completely different genre, which is difficult to suggest. And see what he himself brings from medrash seichel toivayigash, where it's difficult to impose this. Footnote 18, he says something else that's very interesting. Even according to the Mepharshim who hold that all these names are really Babylonian names, they're not Jewish and they're not in Hebrew, we could still say something very special based on the Shalah. Shalah says as follows, listen to this. This is footnote 18. <speaking in Hebrew> Wow. Let's take the word toitafais. What does Rashi say? Anybody remembers? What's toitafais? You remember? Why is Tfilin called toitafais? Anybody remembers? Exactly. Exactly. Tat and pas, yeah, in Africa. <laughs> And in Kasvi, Tat and Pas means two. So Taitafes is two and two. So I don't understand. So Tfilin, the name for Tfilin in Chumash is from Africano? <laughs> from Africano? Taitafes? You grew up there, you speak Afrikaans, you never heard Taitafes, okay? Not, not in place. Did you learn ancient Africano? From pre-biblical times. Okay. So the Shalos says something interesting. Whenever you find in Chazal, they take a word and they say, this is a word in Greece, in ancient Greek. Or it's a word in Africano, or another language. Don't think that the Torah put in words that are not Lashon Kaidish. Why would the Torah not put it? It's a, it's a Torah in Lashon Kaidish. Why are you, why using Africano? Why are you using Greek? Greek words. The pshat is like this. When God created the world, it was only Lashon Kaidish. That was the language. Later, with the story of the Tower of Babel, we have the Deir HaFlaga. That's when the, lang- the na- cultures got dispersed, nations got dispersed, and they developed different languages. And when different languages developed, they took words from Lashon Kaidish that became part of their languages. When Torah uses a word in ancient Greek, or a word in ancient Africano, it's the word in Lashon Kaidish that got mixed into their language. Just like we have today in English, or in Yiddish, words that are really Lashon Kaidish words, they got mixed into the English language. They got mixed into Latin, they got mixed into French, they got mixed into ancient Greek. So the Torah is just really reclaiming its own words. Its own words that got mixed into other languages, because it all started with Lashon Kaidish. 
This is what the Shalah explains. And the Mincha Salaza, the Munkacher, who he footnote, who he references here, discusses this. So the Rebbe says it's possible a whole new angle. Maybe these are Babylonian names. And these they took from Babylonia. But they're still rooted ultimately in Lashon Kodesh. And that's why the Torah completely embraces them, makes them, so to speak, Jewish, and interprets them as Jewish words. And this would, of course, explain, as he says in 20, why Elul has all of these Hebrew acronyms. As though that's the meaning of Elul. When it's not, it's not even a Hebrew word. Other, they say, is Aleph Dar. Aleph Dar. Hashem lives. Other is the time where you have to find that God is living in everything. Aleph Other, Aleph Dar. What are you talking about? It's not Aleph Dar. It's not Echad Dar. But again, he's saying, once the Torah embraced it, you can give it an explanation for Hebrew, as a, as a Hebrew word. Now, why is he giving this whole introduction? Why is he giving? It shows you, the Rebbe is building an idea. This Sikh is going to be based on the meaning of Menachem of. What does Menachem of mean? But yet, the whole premise would seem flawed if we didn't give this introduction. Because you're building a bridge from what? You have to have a foundation. If the, if, if Menachem of, if of came from Babylonia, and of doesn't mean a father, <laughs> of means something else. They just attached it with this name, with this month. So then this whole explanation would seem very strange. At best, it would just be a far-fetched, cute explanation. You know, just homiletic, not real, not authentic. He wants to show that it's not the case. That you're talking here about a name that is a Hebrew word, and therefore can have a Hebrew translation, and therefore we can explain it that way. Lefize kumtois, lefize kumtois, as menachem av hatem pirush as mez menachem dem av. So what does menachem av mean? We comfort the Father. Was benegei tziyidin mentes avinu shabashamayim menachem dem eberten kavayach. When you're talking about the Jewish people, who is our Father? We have one Father, our Father in Heaven, Hashem. So Menachem of means he comforts the father. Ven mevod girufinem chodesh of Menachem. Votas gemeint as the of avinu shabashamayim is Menachem Eden. Abivibal does the nomen is Menachem of. Meintas as the of is der misnachem. Al derech haloshen Menachem tziyin. Beberches nachem. Vos meintas tziyin is misnachem. Is that Eber says Menachem tziyin. If we would have named this month of Menachem, not Menachem, of, of Menachem, what would it mean? The father comforts, of the father, Menachem, he comforts. The father comforts his children, his children who are in mourning, who are grieving, the father comforts them, of Menachem. As he brings in 22, the Maharil has an expression, let the father have compassion on us, but we don't call it of Menachem. We call it Menachem of, and we just explained that the names of the months are not just Persian and Babylonian, and we're just using them symbolically. They have real meaning in Hebrew. Either because the names come from the Jewish people, it's just the Babylonians taught them how to assign the names to certain months. And even if it's not true with all the names, it's certainly true with the name of and Menachem, which are Hebrew words. And even without that, the Torah embraces these names and therefore they become Torah-Dikin names. 
and therefore you could translate them in Hebrew, even if you want to say that Ataka all came from Babylonia. And regardless, you could say a third point, the Shalah, that really, even if it came from Babylonia, originally it's Lush and Kaidish. But any way you want to spin this, the bottom line is you can explain the names. Of Menachem would mean the Father comforts us. Menachem of means we comfort the Father. The of, the Father, is the one who receives the Nechama. Like we say in Nachem, there's a blessing on Tisha B'Av in Shemineser, we say Nachem, right? So we say Menachem Tzion. What does Menachem Tzion mean? Who comforts whom? Not Tzion comforts us. Menachem Tzion. God comforts Tzion. Menachem goes on the one who comforts. Tzion, Zion, is the recipient of the Nechama. Tzion is Misnachem Es. So Menachem Tzion means... Tzion is comforted by Hashem. Baruch at Hashem, Menachem Tzion of Yerushalayim. He is Menachem Tzion. So when you say Menachem Tzion, who receives the comfort? Tzion. Who gives the comfort? The Rebbein Yerushalayim. When you say Menachem of, who receives the comfort? The Father. Menachem of, who comforts? Who comforts the Father? The Jewish people. <laughs> wow. This is pretty intense. So the main of the month is not the father comforts the children. It's the children comfort the father. What do you say about that? Behemshech l'maymer azal, as the Ebersh tezach, maloy la'av shehigle es banov, v'oylehem lebanim shegalom al-shulchan avim is men imke v'yachol menach. Our sages tell us the beginning of Mesech's brach is dav gimel, that God cries and says, woe unto a father who has exiled his children, and woe unto children who have been exiled from the table of their father. So God speaks about his own pain, a father who lost his children, so we comfort him. So Menachem of is the idea that we comfort the father. Menachem of. Now this is very intense. What does this mean? First of all, what does it mean that we comfort God? Second of all, why does God need comfort? So he says because he lost his children. His children were exiled. Great, granted. How do we comfort him? And the big thing is, we don't even talk about him comforting us. We talk about us comforting him, not him comforting us. That's the big question. And that's going to be the paradigm, the foundation that this Sikh is going to develop in the next, in the next shtickle. I'm going to wish you all a beautiful day. We're going to take a break here. God willing, we'll continue this Thursday morning, 7.30. You should all have a lot of Hatzlacha, a meaningful day and an inspiring day. Perhaps, you could say Shvat is a Hebrew word. Perhaps, maybe, I don't know. You're saying it comes in the word Shvatim. It's possible. That's the discussion here. Is it a Hebrew word? Is it a Babylonian word? It's not clear. The Ebenezerah, the Ebenezerah, he brings the Ebenezerah and the Chizkuni. They believe that all these names, take a look in footnote 10, all these names are basically Babylonian names or Persian names. You have it in Arabic constantly. You see that they have a lot of words from Hebrew, right? That's what the Shalos says. The Shalos says that many cultures and many nations, they took Hebrew words, especially Arabic, because of the region. I'm not familiar. I don't know when Arabic developed. I don't know. Yeah. We have to ask the linguists among us. Do we have any linguists here? 
The Evan Ezra writes, if you look in, in Parshas Boy, Perik Yud Beis, Posik Beis, on the Posik HaChodesh HaZalachem, Rosh Chadashim, Rishinu Lachem, Lachachi Hashana, the Evan Ezra, and you're talking about this is the 11th and 12th century great Spanish sage and poet and philosopher and a great, a great genius in science and astronomy and biblical commentator. He says that the way you find the Torah, the Tanakh, defining months, it's always by numbers, not by names. Not by names. Yes, Moshe will tell you that the first month is It's the time when the, the grain starts becoming ripe. That's a way to understand what the first month is, the, day, the month when we went out of Egypt. But then he says, the names Nisan, Ir, Sivan, Tamos, all these names, he says, they're not Lashon Kaidish. They're Lashon Kazdim. They come from Babylonia. And he says, that's why you will not find them in Chumash. That's why you will not find them in the beginning of Tanakh. Because they were not Jewish. They're not part of Jewish life. He says, only later, when you get to the prophecies of Scharyah, Daniel, Ezra, Megillah, Esther. Megillah, you have it. Right? You remember in the Megillah? It says that Haman threw a lot, right? And the lot, the lot fell out on which month? Chodesh Adar. In Megillus Esther, you have the month Adar. You have the month Sivan. You have the month Nisan. Why? So Devin Ezra says, because they developed an exile. When did the Megillah happen? When was Megillus Esther written? After the Jews went into exile. And they were under Babylonian rule and under Persian rule. And in the days of Achashverosh, the story of Purim happened. So that's why in Megillus Esther, you'll find these names. So this is the view of the Evan Ezra. This is the view of the Chizkuni, who was one of the Rishonim. He says in the Sikha, this is what it seems like to be the view of the Ramban. This is what Rav Kasher explains at length in Teresh Right? The question is, what about the name of? The name of, as he says in footnote 11, what about of? Of is a Jewish name. So he says it could be the Evan Ezra means most of the names come from Babylonia, not all of them. Of is a Jewish name. Or maybe even of is a Babylonian name. That's what he says in footnote 11. It's possible that they believed that of was a Babylonian or Persian name because of, and they named this month August of because of certain things that happened at that month or whatever that time of the calendar is connected with. And it's somehow intimated in the name of in the Persian or Babylonian meaning, not Hebrew. So that would be really fascinating that even of doesn't mean father. Of means something else. That's one way of looking at it. And therefore there's no reason to explain any symbolisms in the names of our months. But then the Rebbe says, you see that the Chazal did explain symbolisms. So that's why he suggests a few different options. Number one, that the names, the titles themselves are Hebrew ones. It's just their associations with the months come from Babylonia. Number two, even if that's not the case with many of them, but that's the case with of, that it's a Hebrew name, it's just association with this month comes from Babylonia. Number three, you could say, that regardless of all of this, the fact that the Torah re-embraces these names, it becomes part of Torah language, it becomes part of 
Torah vernacular, and therefore you can explain it in Hebrew, even if it originated in Babylonia. It was, so to speak, adopted, so to speak. And then he adds that other point from the Shalah, that perhaps, even if you say they were completely Babylonian, it's possible that they were originally Lashon Kodesh, and then they fell into Babylonia, and the Jews just reclaimed them as their own. And therefore, you could certainly explain them as Hebrew words. And that's why he goes on to explain the meaning of Menachem Av. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.